We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Halos, Derek C. Apollo. I'm on my lonesome tonight. As we look at the weekend that was, the Angels dropping two out of three to the Tampa Bay Rays and then heading off to face New York tomorrow. We have a preview of that with Jack Joaquinum from the George's Box Podcast. Before we get there, I do want to ask you to hit over Apple Music, though. Leave a five-star review. And also, just cutting all the stuff down, getting everything done. Here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so I appreciate everybody's patience in trying to get everything uh, out of the way first. Our, our sponsors are important to us, but I want to just kind of talk one-on-one with you and then get right with Jack Joe Keenum. And I, I think the real thing that I want to talk about the Angels with is, is where, do you, where do you think they are right now? They're almost the all-star break. They avoid the sweep with a 6-4 win, a nice win, by the way. This is a game that they got. It was close, but the Angels... Definitely were the were the higher performing team. They they played well today. 
They really did. And so I, I just kind of wonder where everybody kind of thinks they are right now. The Angels are a team, in my view, that has a lot of things going for them. They have a, a strong lineup that when everybody's hitting, they're, they're working good. They have a bullpen that has potential but still struggles and a rotation that shows you flashes and then blows up. So where are they? I mean, if we're on the surface and we're looking at what the Angels right now in terms of overall performance-wise, their record pretty much indicates where they belong. And it's not pretty. It could be worse, but we got the first two weeks of the season. They're looking pretty good. They're 9-5. and five. They look like a team that could win 90 games. They come back down to earth, and everybody's now wondering what's going on. Last night, I turned off a game for the first time this year. I just couldn't watch anymore. 13-3 blowout loss. They're 37-40 overall right now, 21-19 at home, 16-21 on the road. The 21-19 at home marker, that one's tough to, tough to look at. They are the second highest scoring team in the division and the sixth-highest scoring team in the American League. So that kind of tells you where the problem is. It runs aloud. And it's not just the pitching. The pitching itself has been up and down. The defense has been worse. The Angels are getting up the second-most runs in the American League at this point. And that's why they're 37-40. But if, if the pitching was just... If the pitching defense were just halfway decent right now, this is the team that's probably 45 and 36 or something like that, you know, heading to the all-star break, you know, halfway through the year. And they won't, they're right now they're not. They're not going to be there. They're not going to be in that area. They're going to be below 500. And, you know, I, I just kind of wonder what everybody's thoughts are. It's been difficult to watch. We're watching young teams like Toronto blossom. You know, they're, they're, they got young stars. They're putting things together. They have a plus 65 run differential. It's a tough division. If, if Toronto's in our division right now, it's a different story. They're in the American League Central right now. Different story. Yet they're in the same division with Tampa Bay and Boston, which are just both looking great. And then here you look at the, the Angels in division right now that Houston's playing lights out. Oakland is playing above their heads. And yet they still can't make waves. So I'm just... I'm with you. I'm frustrated. I'm wondering where the Angels are going to be. Well, today's game, overall, it was nice. Angels went 6-4. to four. They do a great job on the back end. The bullpen comes together. Check this out. Bullpen-wise, you get a nice, nice, well-done save from Iglesias today with one and third run, uh, one third innings, two strikeouts. Watson comes in, gets himself a save with one inning. Sorry, a win. Sorry, a win. Uh, Sandoval did okay. Sandoval gave up three runs in five innings, six strikeouts. It, you know, it was a serviceable performance. And given where the team's been the last couple of days, they, they something serviceable. Myers, though, had a rough day out there. And any two-thirds, any two-thirds, can't talk today. With an any and two-thirds, two hits, earned run, walk, three strikeouts, home run. So the other side of it, though, we can't say enough about, well, Taylor Ward today. Two doubles. Okay, Shoyotani, double, triple, home run. One base hit short of a cycle. We've seen that before. Solo base as well. What can't Shoyotani do? And I'm going to ask this question. Where is his team right now without Shoyotani? Honestly, he's put this team on his shoulders, and the only reason they can even be remotely in contention for anything right now, you could argue, is going to be him. Why would I say that? Well, look at the rest of the lineup right now. Anthony Rendon, your 245 million dollar guy. He's saying 228. He's saying 228. Upton's on the DL. Trout's on the DL. You're relying on Taylor Ward, Walshy at first base, who's had a great year. But that's who you're relying on. You're relying on these guys, these guys who are still kind of cutting their own. That is who you're relying on. And yet, they are only three games under 500. The Angels aren't done yet, folks. They're not done. They show they can hang today with just a little bit of pitching. But they need people back healthy. They need Trouty back in there. And they really need 
Upton and back. Upton was performing well before he got hurt. Don't the batting average fool you. He'd been getting better every every week. And I think we're also starting to see a little bit of the depth in the organization. The depth we didn't think we had, at least the lineup side, we have more of it. Okay. Pitching wise, that's the problem. And it keeps burning this team. I would expect if we're remotely in it, I would expect some moves before the all-star break and pitching wise, but there isn't a whole lot you can do. Why? Well, we'll look at this week, but the top 30 for the Angels right now in terms of prospects, well, I mean, they're kind of looking at them. They're already up. The ones that are going to help you right now, other than Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh. Everybody else is high A. High, you know, these, these guys who, this team does have some talent in the farm system, but it's got a ways to go. So who can they trade now that will get to the minors relatively quickly and help help opposing teams when they trade for them? It's a big question. All right, so that's all I have to say about that. I, I don't. This is a tough series to watch. It's been a tough couple of weeks here of up and down baseball to watch, but there is some hope. I want to hear your thoughts. Where are the Angels right now? Where are they going? And where do you think they're going to be coming out of the year if they can get just a little bit more pitching? Okay? All right. Let's bring on Jack Jokinen from the Georgia's Box Podcast. Jack, great to have you on the show. How are you? Ah, you know, I've been better. You know, baseball-wise, I've been better. But you have the internet. You've seen. Yeah, I have seen. It's It's a little bit weird to see the Yankees sitting right now in fourth place in the American League East. And that's not necessarily horrible when everybody, all those teams are above 500, but I expect them to be first, second place maybe at this point. When I talked to you the preview the season early on, you were pretty pumped up about this year. What's gone wrong? Everything. Literally everything that could go wrong. Aside from injuries for the most part. Like we really haven't had too many terrible injuries uh, like we have in recent years. At a certain point, you know, everyone's dealing with injuries. Uh, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton's probably the one injury guy. He gets hot, then he's, you know, injured. It's always vague injuries. It's always lower body, some kind of tightness. And, you know, we miss games there. We get into a groove. Then he comes back and he clogs up the DH spot. When we go and we have to play in the National League, he's not able to play. So, you know, you can't win a World Series with that. So, and beyond that, you know, Aaron Judge has put up great numbers, but not delivered in the clutch. Um, Glaber Torres is absolutely lost. DJ LeMahieu has underperformed. We have no rotation. We have zero pitching at all. Uh Chapman has been the greatest closer ever until like two weeks ago that he started struggling. And even our guys who are coming back from injury, like Severino, who's really missed almost like two years now with Tommy John, he, he strains a groin during a rehab assignment. So there's no, like, Roger Clemens isn't showing up in the owner's box. Like, no nothing's nothing's coming our way and we just can't the the biggest thing is it's you know hitting in the clutch like we are the worst team in the league with bases loaded and no outs we score less than half what the league does on average when given that position and we're in it often we have hit into i believe it's 74 double plays so far this season second only behind the Astros. So it's just the big hit just doesn't exist. And, you know, our our starting pitching really carried us for a while. But now guys are just guys are injured or just not that good. So I mean, I'm looking at just I'm just, if I'm just looking at raw numbers. Aaron Judge is leading the team in batting average, 285. I, I can't think the last time I saw a team – a Yankees team led at 285 batting average. Uh, yeah. You know, I can't I'm, – I'm used to seeing guys knock on the cover of the ball. Next guy is 272, 271. Normally DJ LeMay who's batting 330 right now. Yeah, I'm just completely blown away by all this. It, 
16th in the league in 235 batting average. Is is there a way you see this turning around? I mean, you sound like you're pretty much No, no, this done. isn't turning around. The Yankees season, the Yankees 2021 season is over. Like now, you guys are going to come to town and you stink too. And like you're going to throw Dylan Bundy against us and Mike King is also awful, but maybe a little less awful, we'll see. And we could end up taking two or three from you guys or right are we playing a three game series? Yep. Yeah. So we could take two or three. We could sweep you guys and no people are like we're back. We're not back. This team even though it's like oh it's only six and a half games in the division like you could still make that up. Like you can but you won't based on like mathematically you can but not based on anything that we've seen from this team at all. Are they going to do that? So I'm in a uh, you know, mental space now where we gotta we gotta be sellers at the deadline. I think we have to be big time sellers. I've never seen a Yankee team sell the deadline. Uh, no, we did in 2016. That's how we ended up with Glaber Torres. We traded away Chapman and Miller. We traded Beltron um, to Houston. We traded McCann. Um, yeah, so I'm just so used to the Yankees. I couldn't, I couldn't even I didn't even think about that. So one year in like twenty five years, and you, yeah. you, But this is not only what the Yankees do. So what are the odds they turn this around and try and and save the season by being a buyer? I mean, where we don't want to take on salary, we've got like four million dollars to spend before we're in the uh, luxury tax. We don't want to go into that. If you can't build a winning roster, um, you know, you go into the luxury tax. If you're in first place and there's a piece available that really puts you over. But for a fourth place team, you're not going to go into the luxury tax. You're going to want to stay under it. You're going to want to continue to reset your tax number. And you just got to you've got to start thinking about the future. And I think the first piece is you've got to trade Aaron Judge and you, you trade him. Maybe the Padres, you know, the Padres are, you know, in a, a highly competitive division, they've started to try to go for it with some of the investments they've made in, you know, extending Tatis, bringing in Machado, uh, trading for Clevenger. But like, how long are they going to keep the attention of that city? And how long can they stay relevant where financially it makes sense and they won't have to start selling off pieces like the Marlins would routinely do? So it's time to go for it. And, you know, that's why I think Aaron Judge would be a great uh, San Diego Padre, California kid, goes uh, goes back west. A lefty starter. Uh, they have a catching prospect that's very good. Uh, and they have a shortstop prospect that looks pretty good. So you think they might be might be wanting to go fishing for that? Yeah, I mean, the the Padres have traded away 15 of their top 30 uh, prospects over the last, like, year. And it's, you know, it's because they're making a run at it. I just, I see that as a possible landing space. Um, also, you know, got to trade, um, got to trade Chapman. Uh, he's, you know, look lights out, but that could fall apart at any point. There's no point in having a $16 million a year closer uh, if you don't have the lead. Like, you know, what's the point of doing that? So uh, so you trade him again. Uh, you could stock up the farm system, which is pretty depleted. And then, I mean, right now, like, he's playing so hot. You, you've got you to gotta look at trading Gary Sanchez. I mean, everyone's available except for Cole. But uh, I think you look at trading Gary because he's got next year under control and a free agency. Uh, and I think we've learned from recent off seasons that one year rentals don't command as uh, as high a price as year and a half rentals do. So let me ask this question. I'm just looking at standings here, and I just watched these guys all these teams all play this year. Toronto, young team, lost talent, but need some seasoning. Uh, Tampa Bay, we just saw them. Tampa Bay is you know very good. You've seen them, and you guys actually just probably this month you know, did very well with them. Boston to me is the team that I don't think anybody's with the B forty seven thirty one at this point. Now looking looking at 
the standings here and the way you're talking about the Yankees, it looks to me, I mean, from the outside looking in, I mean, you are a Yankee guy, I'm not. You know, it looks to me like there's still a road, a path for the Yankees here. I don't see Toronto holding out the whole way, and I'm not sure Boston's for real, but if you, you mean, you've seen Boston a lot this year. Is Boston for real? Because that would be I mean, the, that would be the I've main reason. I've seen them kick the shit stop. out of us. I have watched them kick the shit out of us. They've just swept us twice in a row. But it's a fluky. I mean, because they weren't expected to do this. I mean, but they're doing it. At a certain point, you know, it's not May anymore. It's about to be July. You know, it, like, after three months of baseball, they're still doing it. So the odds of them totally collapsing. And so it's like mathematically, yes, the Yankees aren't out of it. But you've got to realize at a certain point, like, the odds of you winning the games that you need to and having things go the exact opposite direction they've gone all year and including last year. Like, if you look at it, if you look at the Yankees' last 162 games in total, because it's been pretty much the same team, um, we're a 500 team. A 500 team that should be much better than that, but they're should not. Be, yeah, should be much better. The offense just has not clicked at all. We should be scoring five runs a game easily. Cole can go out there and give up one or two runs, and we end up losing that game, and it's a game that we should win. Today, obviously, he didn't look good. He's a guy that will figure it out. But, um, yeah, it's just like this team does not have it. We're not one piece away. Um, like Glaber Torres is really struggling, uh, with the bat. He's always struggled defensively. And if you can move some of these pieces I mentioned, especially a guy like Chapman, who's got a $16 million a year salary, you free up space to maybe go after a Seager in the off season. So be the GM. Who do you move? What do you mean? Oh, I, I told you I moved, ju- I moved I mean, judge. Are you moving everybody? I'm moving Judge. Um, I'm looking to move Gary because I don't think the value will be will continue to be as high. And these guys are playing on arbitration, uh, you know, deals. So they're not, you know, they're they're due for big paychecks. So if you can move guys like that, and especially Chapman, and get rid of that 16 million dollars a year of salary, you've created some financial flexibility. Um, and you'll even have more when you know Corey Kluber's off the books at $11 million a year. You could start looking at getting creative. Uh, we do have to go out and get pitching, so we need the ability to do that, whether it's through a trade and getting a, a lefty num- you know, number one overall pick guy back from the Padres. You know, that creates the ability to have a real rotation where you've got Cole, you've mm-hmm. got a guy that's coming up, uh, you've got hopefully Severino coming back, and he's in a contract. He'll be in a contract year, uh, but we'd still have an option on it. So then, you know, it could start to take shape. We've still got Tyone, who's, you know, coming off missing a full year and a second Tommy John surgery, and he's looked like dog shit. But, you know, he's a coal guy. And so I think it's, you know, the, you know, the rotation's almost like a quarterback room. And, you know, the ace is in charge there. And having a guy like Kluber around, I think, was helping shape the way these guys approach the game. Because, you know, we haven't had solid leadership coming out of that, you know, out of one of those roles. We had CeCe, and he was an emotional leader, but from, like, a disciplinary standpoint, like, he he always got very fired up. He had his off-the-field problems. Now, like Cole approaches the game in a very intellectual way. If you can get people thinking like that, that's how you end up without Severino not knowing what time a playoff game starts. Because like that's what we've dealt with before. So looking at the actual series here, you mentioned it. Bundy versus King tomorrow, one and seven, six sixty-eight ERA for Bundy. Michael King 0 and three, four oh five ERA. How's this matchup? Work out from your side, Michael King pitching. I mean, like, so Michael King, uh, he he stinks. He's not good. Um, has a hard time. You know, he's a young guy who has a hard time closing out batters and and you know putting guys away. Um, he also 
you know, he'll tend to he'll get two strikes on you. He'll get an O2 count and then he'll leave one fat and, and you know, get taken deep. Um, if he can lock in, like he has the ability to lock in and give you like four straight, like, you know, perfect innings. The problem is that's normally after a first inning where, you know, Otani is going to go deep. You know, I would look for Otani to go, to go deep in the first inning. Um, but, but then after that, King may shut it down. Uh, I think after the embarrassment in Boston, this is like the perfect scenario for the Yankees to bounce back and really like kick the shit out of you guys for one game. And, you know, all of Yankees Twitter to just, you know, start saying that we're back and like all the lineups <laughs> clicking. Well, I mean, is I, I looked, I was wrong. It's not a three. It is a four game set. Oh, it is. Okay. And we'll see Shohei on the last day. Yeah, no, I mean, so, that was a Wednesday, you know, Wednesday, I think it is. I mean, check. That'll be exciting. Um, cause you know, I, I don't watch many angels games, you know, obviously they're, they're not on TV, uh, on the East coast or they're, you know, they're late. You catch the highlights and, um, he's, he looks so impressive. It's one of those things that as we look at the, you know, the criticisms we have on where the team is and we talk about getting, you know, changing managers and maybe changing general managers. You know, how do you not get a meeting with this guy if you're the Yankees? Like, I know people have their personal preferences of where they want to play or the kind of atmosphere, you know, on the West Coast, you know, whatever it may be. But you're the Yankees. Like, you got to get this meeting. I mean, he's, um, if I'm on, I mean, the team is 37-40. They haven't been good. It's mainly been pitching on our side. But it's... Without Shohei Otani, this team has got maybe 25 wins right now. He's carried this team. Yeah. No, it's been impressive to to watch because Trout's been out for a while. Yeah. And we've seen Trout to get hurt, I think, every year in like the last four years he's been hurt. We talk about Trout being the best player in the game. Well, you can't be the best player in the game if you're hurt every year. I mean, that's not yeah. a popular opinion. I know people love Trout. I love Trout. but He's also been around for 10 years, and eventually your body just start breaking down, especially when you've had no help. And he's been in a position where he's had no help. Yep. So he's, he's finally got help, but now he's getting older. So dang it. I mean, it's been tough to watch, but Shohei's been phenomenal. I, I, I got to tell you, when we talked in the offseason, I didn't expect Otani to do what he did. I was expecting another injury because he's been hurting. But he's been dominant. He came in, came in the best shape of his life. He's dominant across the board. And I always see him getting better as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, he's really, he's lived up to everything that was promised. Like, you know, you hear about players, you know, even when they're coming through the minor leagues, but especially coming from Japan. You know, the Yankees have signed a number of, you know, Japanese players. And you hear all the hype, but like, do they ever live up to it? Um, And most of the time, or even like Dice K, um, you know, a lot of these players don't. Like Ichiro obviously did, and a lot of times just because there are these astronomical expectations put on them that are you know pretty unfair. Uh, at Otani, it was the same thing, but he's just lived up to it. I think, and I think it's been part of it too. Is the Angels went and got him, and they are one of the few teams that were saying we'll let you do two way. Um, there's a lot of goodwill between those two sides. I mean. I would think of a lot of clubs at this point where I said, dude, you've been injured like three years in a row. Just pick a position one way or the other and, and try to make him go one way. And they still, they work together and he's gone two ways still. And it's been amazing to watch. And it's kind of a shame that this team isn't winning because it's good to just get to see a guy just go out there and be an athlete. Absolutely. And it's so rare. It's it's so rare to see talent like that. Athlete it's like, it's, it's like a you know the little league mentality of just like yeah I'm the best player so I'm gonna pitch and then I'm gonna bat third and you know I'm it's, gonna play the field. He's I mean, he's not just pitching he's pitching well like he's he's yeah. being a star he could be an all star as a pitcher or a hitter he's doing both. It's so, wild. So going back to the pitching matchups on Tuesday Andrew Heaney 
We'll see what we get from him. Jameson Talon, did I say his name right? Is it Taylor or Talon? Tyone. Tyone, Tyone. my gosh. Uh, two and four, five, one, eight, ERA. How's that matchup look to you? He looked better in uh, in his last start for a little bit. He uh, he had settled down some. He's just he has no no mound presence. There's no command. He's not. He he just always looks like he's shitting himself. He always looks like he's afraid of you know, or, or even just like I hate that I have to throw this pitch because I know what's going to happen. Uh, Yankees went to Philly. He started on a Saturday. Four o'clock game, like great energy there. Everyone's having a great time. Third of an inning. Starts the game with a third of an inning. So, you know, our faith in him right now isn't great. But he, you know, he's saying he's trying to be more competitive. Um, based on the numbers I see for for Heaney, I mean, this is, this is a toss-up of just like whose offense is going to decide to click. And it's also... I mean, we get Jekyll on the high with Heaney. Some nights he's, he's very good. Some nights he is a ugly. I mean, he's he's entirely inconsistent, has good stuff, has never in his career been able to put together in a way which you would have said, okay, you know what, You're, you've arrived, you've been something. He's one of the more frustrating pitchers we have in the roster for that reason. Let's see here, June 30th, Shohei Otani, 3-1, year at 80 strikeouts. Pardon me if I butcher the name again. Domingo Herman? Yep. Sweet. 4 and 5 and 4 3 2 ERA. 66 Ks. Tell us about it. Um, I mean, so Herman's coming back after missing all of last year and the end of 2019 due to domestic violence. Um, it was, you know, it was a, a highly publicized thing, especially, you know, obviously in New York because it was just. As we're headed into, anyway, he won 19 games. It was a 19 game winner. We're headed into the last three weeks of the season, and out of nowhere, one day you just wake up and he's gone. Like it wasn't in the news yet. The team suspended him. Then we found out what happened. Um, and that was, you know, he had really risen up to to be somebody and, and to be really big for us. He struggled this year. Um, we actually sent him down to AAA. Before even the AAA season started, so it was like the extended, you know, camp, whatever the the satellite location is, and he um he came back and he had turned some things around. Uh, he's, you know, he's struggled recently, but everyone on the team has. So, I mean, this is one where, based on what I've seen from Otani, we're gonna have a tough day at work, and the only way we win this game is if somehow, you know, we win like a like an eight seven shootout. And the last one is day game Griffin Canning against Jordan Montgomery, a three and two, four oh six with eighty strikeouts for Montgomery. Canning a five and four record, four nine five year race, two strikeouts. Uh, on our side, Canning is a guy who is a lot, in my view, a lot like Heaney. He can be lights out one day and be knocked around the next day. You just don't know what you're going to get from. He's younger, um, still kind of finding his own. He, I mean, I see him. I see him shut down some really good teams, and I see him get blown up by some really bad teams. So I don't know what to make of that. Uh, what's your take on Jordan? So it's pretty much exactly the same. Like Jordan Montgomery is going to give up a big inning. It's just whether or not it's the second inning or the sixth inning. It's never the seventh inning. I don't think he's ever seen the seventh inning. Um, but sometimes it's you know bases loaded, no outs, first inning. Like this is how we're going to start the game. Sometimes it's he, you know, he really grits through, and then it's like four and two thirds. He gives up, you know, a home run or you know gives up a big double, and you know the bullpen can carry it. We can scratch it out, but um, sometimes you know he just gets us out of the game before it's really even started. the The pitching has really not not evolved for us from these prized prospects. You know, we have Montgomery who. Uh, came back last year after missing 19 with Tommy John surgery, but um, you know we've got Montgomery, we've got Davy Garcia, we've got King, we've got Clark Schmidt who hasn't played this year, um, and these were all you know minor league guys that were just untouchable, could not be talked about in a trade. We could have traded two of these guys and gotten Garrett Cole in 2018, but we we wouldn't. You know Garcia was untouchable. 
And the guy's like five foot six. And he's not Pedro Martinez. And so Jordan Montgomery is just another one of those like Brian Cashman, under Brian Cashman's regime, we haven't developed like a real like a, a multiple all star, like a real stays healthy major league pitcher. And we never have under him. Kind of blows my mind to hear you say that. This is the New York Yankees. This is a TNS one. So many World Series under Brian Cashman over the course of 20-some years. How do you not develop a, a starter? Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit's the last guy. And that's, that's 1996. Yeah. If you think about who like all of our like good pitchers over the years have been. I mean, like David Cohn came from somewhere else. Jimmy Key came from mm-hmm. somewhere else. Clemens. Um, you know, uh, David Wells. Um, Doc Gooden. Uh, you know, obviously, CeCe, we went out and bought AJ Burnett. We had Randy Johnson. We had Kevin Brown. Like, these are all like, we're not developing pitcher. It's, we're not good at it. No, I, I'm very familiar with the New York media. I'm surprised that the Yankees haven't taken more heat for, for this particular failure over the course of time. I feel like. The teams like just it, like Brian Cashman. We won a lot of World Series. You win a lot of World Series. It's very easy to get like kind of stu- you know stuck in you know uh, a positive light in people's minds, and they don't see the reality of what's going on. And I think you also end up in situations where you know ownership went from George to now. You know Hank ran the team for a little bit, but really it's Hal and. Hal's not a baseball guy. Like, does you know, he's a businessman. Um, he just doesn't, you know, he, he's not, he's just not a baseball guy. And if you've got Cashman and you've got that, like, family bond, it's a lot easier to keep him and have that familiar, like, you know, familiar face, comforting, um, hey, I know he's doing his best and we're making money still, so, you know, things are all right. But I think, you know, more and more, uh, you know, fans and, you know, bloggers and people who can kind of just say whatever we want um, and don't have to worry about facing, you know, I don't have to go in the locker room and, you know, look at Aaron Judge and talk to him. Yeah. So I could say, let's trade him. These guys can't. Like, there should be, listen, the Yankees are six and a half back. Whoever writes the first story of, who you know, like a real reporter who's got researchers who's going to do the research that I'm not going to like deep dive into like every one of these trades, um, and really put together some like good proposals and put that in print. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that would do huge numbers, but there'd be blowback in terms of you know getting information from the team that makes your job easier or harder. Gotcha. So overall, make the call. Nick, what's your prediction? How what, how's this series break down for you? Uh, we probably go. Uh, we probably split the series, but I can see us going three and one. You know, taking three games because that would be like the appropriate like move that the Yankees would do after just getting the doors blown off them in Boston is to like come and get three or four from a bad team who's not competitive, who's not supposed to be competitive, who is, you know, who, you know, is being exactly who they're supposed to be. And then a lot of people get excited because, well, after that, we've got Cole versus DeGrom on a Friday night at Yankee Stadium. So you guys may be the appetizer to set us up to battle a first place Mets team and really just lull the fans back into a comfort zone <laughs> that we should not be in. I got to tell you what, I got to tune in for that DeGrom game, man. Um, yeah. Fourth of July weekend, Subway Series. DeGrom Cole on a Friday night, a 1 o'clock Saturday game, then a 7 o'clock Fourth of July night, probably with the fireworks. You going to go? No. No, that's a waste <laughs> of my time. Listen, I have seen the Yankees play in New York, Baltimore, and Philly this year already. So I've done three cities for this very shitty team. Um, And 
you know, when you look at the calendar and you see the Friday night game, you know, a month out, you start talking about like, hey, should we think about this? And then they, you know, they stink. Then they have a week when they're five and one, and you're like, I don't know, maybe we should go. Then, you know, they they start off having like a decent week. At least they get two out of three from Kansas City. And you're like, all right, well, maybe we go in there with sweet Boston. We finally turn this shit around. I'm going to go on Friday night. But no, it's like, it's not worth the drive. It's not worth the gas money. I got it. I'm tuning in for that. I'm going to tune in for that game. I am not going to yeah, miss Cole versus. I, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but I just wouldn't wouldn't go there because it's like I'm going to I'm going to have to drive so I can't yeah. get drunk and you're going to need to be drunk to be there to experience this. <laughs> so let me ask you one more, one more thing here about the Yankees here. What is their Achilles heel in this series? If there's any chance these struggling angels can take them out three out of four, whatever. Okay. What is the Achilles heel? What hurts the Yankees of us? Oh, um, I mean, you just jump on our offense early. Like, if you're a gambler, uh, first inning runs. You bet on first inning runs, you're going to hit, you know, probably six days a week. Um, That's what happens is we are always playing from behind. Uh, We never, even when we then, like, catch up, it's easier to, you know, pull away again. So, with, you know, some of the young pitching that you guys are going to see, and some of the guys who've been struggling because you're missing Cole. And the way Otani's been playing, like there could be a f- some first inning fireworks. Oh, but the unfortunate thing is Rendon's not playing well. Trout's out. Upton's out. Good chunk of the Harvard order's out right now. So, and Jared Walsh That's- has come back to earth a bit. Otani hits bombs, though. Oh, my gosh. He's. How so? I haven't really been paying attention. Um, how's like? What's his schedule like? Does he DH on the days that he's oh, not yeah. pitching? I mean, he's he. Well, the day he's pitching, they they they're doing the old National League thing. Okay, so you guys just play as a National League team on the days, he's, and yeah. then he goes out to like right field. No, he's done. He's been done. I think they're starting to work him out some in the outfield. They're starting to get him out there, but he was. You know, he was never really set at position because he was going to pitch or DH. And, and they were more focused on his health than anything else. But the word I'm hearing is they're doing more and more of getting him working out in the outfield. I think given all the injuries we've had, given the, the lineup needs, it's sooner or later. Because they need they need his bat in the lineup. And we all know it. So sooner or later, you know, and another thing about this team that might be surprising, they're starting to get back to the way the Angels used to do things. There was a time frame between 1998 and I want to say it was a 2016-ish, 2017, where the Angels head-to-head with the Yankees actually had a better than 500 record against them. They gave yeah, the yeah. Yankees fits. You guys were a pain. You guys yeah. were – we dreaded seeing you guys. Mike Sosha's stupid face. <laughs> well, it was not fun. Joe Madden's starting to get them back to that style. They're, they're starting to be more aggressive in the base pads. They're starting, to, they're starting to be more bring backs on the small ball, which I think – all of us would agree is missing from the game today. It's hurting the game that we that we are, we've become a station to station league. We're starting to see more of that. So I like the the direction the Angels are going. They're just not there yet. They're, I mean, a year away probably from being really something to watch. But watch in the series, if you watch them try and do more of that than what they've been doing the last couple of years. You're going to see they did. Heck, they had a squeeze player earlier this week. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah, Shohei, we don't do that. Shohei got a bunt single yesterday, I believe. It was yesterday. We didn't have a sack fly until mid-May. Good Lord. But aren't you tired yeah. of it? Aren't you tired of the station-to-station baseball? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's good to see how, you know, it's good to see people get creative in trying to change the game uh, and, and new ways to attack offense. But... Seeing the, you know, seeing stuff like, you know, bunt singles from superstars, like guys just deciding to find a way to get on base. And it really is like a whole, the whole Otani vibe of like, yeah, I pitch, I hit, I'll play a little outfield, I'll bunt, I've got 25 bombs. It's mm-hmm. like, you're just out there like, you know, playing pickup. You're having, mm-hmm. a, you know, having a good time, having fun playing the game. 
And that's fun to see. Uh, you know, as a Yankees fan, like baseball is never fun. It's work. So, you know, but like our, our guys don't even have, it sounds stupid, but like we don't, ha- if you hit a double on the Yankees, there's no like hand gesture you make back to the dugout. There's no like, oh, I'm pulling a bow and arrow out or you know how like teams <laughs> get those things. And though, like you see those in the playoffs because like playoff teams have, have like chemistry. This team has has no chemistry, but I'm excited to see Otani. I didn't realize he he's only played like five games in the field because I guess every time he does, uh, I see a, a, a tweet about it or you know like a clip of yeah. like you know the Otani in the outfield. Yeah, They've but I watched some highlights of him, uh, like from in Japan when he played some outfield, and like he can play. I understand the health concerns because we're talking about you know getting a lot for very cheap with him right now. But, yeah, it'll be exciting to get to actually see it, um, you know, in a game that I'm really watching. Well, four games, hopefully, we've seen that. Um, it's just been actually, you know, it almost makes me sad. I mean, it's kind of weird. The Yankees sad? When it, to hear someone talk about, like, doesn't seem to be any kind of joy watching your team play. Oh, no, we're playing. I mean, we are the worst base running. It, it's Little League shit. You're watching. How many times can you watch Gary Sanchez hit a double, the whole internet say Gary's back, and then on a, a ground ball, the shortstop right in front of him, him get thrown out of third base? Because it's happened several times this year. We're doing, much. you know, we're getting a lot of clips during games of like, oh, and here's like the guys out there like learning base running. This isn't telling the Yankees. The Yankees have never been a team that, in my view, struggles that much fundamentally. Yeah, no, it's like it's crazy. It's it's crazy how bad we've been this year. Because it's not just like, hey, it's been like tough breaks or like injuries. It's we are playing uninspired, the worst baseball that I have ever seen the New York Yankees play. All right, Jack. I hope we can catch up again later in the summer when you guys come out to Anaheim. In the meantime. Yeah. Can you let us know what a listeners are? Because we're going to check out what's going on, on the New York side of things this week over the course of four games. Where can they find the George's Box pod? Yeah, you can find uh, my podcast. It's called George's Box. Um, it is. It comes out every Tuesday. So if whenever you listen to this, uh, this is coming out tomorrow. Tonight. How about tonight? Oh, tonight. So yeah. So yeah, tomorrow I'll record my podcast with you know full of anger. So if you just want to listen to me make fun of the Yankees for about 60 minutes. I'll be doing that. Follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much all I do. All right, Jack, thanks so much for, for making the time tonight to talk. Uh, with of Sal- course, man. It's good catching very, up. Yeah, it is good. And, and I enjoy having you on the show to preview. I always enjoy having you on the show. You pull no freaking punches. So we're glad to have you on. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Right, take it easy. Take it easy. I, I, and I mean it too. I, I really enjoy uh, Jack on the show. I, never feels good to hear him t- tell us how much he thinks our team sucks. I don't really think I don't really think a team that three seven forty is that bad. But you know when he when he's calling his forty and thirty seven team bad, then he certainly has the right to call our team bad. I do wonder though with the Angels, and we're looking at the lineup right now. And again, I mentioned it just a minute ago. You have. You mean you have just upped and out until early July. You have Mike Trout out until July at some point. We don't know when yet. Anthony Rendon, let's be honest about this, has not lived up to his contract yet. It's almost July. He should be hitting better than he is, okay? Let's be real about that. And it does seem as though Jared Walsh is starting to settle back in now, maybe um, kind of falling off a bit. Where are the Angels going to get their runs this year if Upton, Trouty, and Rondon aren't themselves? Either not in the lineup or not playing well. Okay. And they've done a good job scoring runs this far. But sooner or later, these things catch up to you. We talked about this in 2019. We, we stared at the 2019 schedule and thought, you know what? August is going to be the death knell. Okay, they're in contention. I got in this argument during, with somebody uh, late July of that year. You know that they were still in contention because by the math, you are still in contention. 
But eventually you literally do fall out. The Angels are in a stretch right now where they got the Yankees, the Red Sox. I mean, this is this is a tough stretch. You're getting the Yankees by appearances. This is a good time to get them. This is a good time to get the Yankees. The question is whether or not the Angels can just get through this. They, uh, I mean, let's be honest here. Tampa Bay gave them all kinds of problems. Tampa Bay took, geez, what, six out of seven from them this year? That hurt them. That hurt them. That series at home to the Giants hurt them. These Angels play all right against the teams that are that are struggling. They don't hold up well against the teams that are playing well. Okay, let's back it up here. The A's got swept. Okay. Giants swept. Rays, two out of three. So those are all teams above 500. And what's their mark this month against teams above 500? Well, this month, if we include the Mariners, who are now above 500, were at the time, by the way. Okay, so one, two, two and two, uh, two and two, so three and two, three and three, three and four, three and five, three and six, three and seven, three and eight, three and nine. They're four and nine against teams above 500. Okay, next month, you've got the Yankees for four. They go home for three against the Orioles. That's nice. But then guess what? Red Sox and six. Six against the Mariners. Six. Two more against the A's. Okay, then things lighten up. Twins, Rockies. So the upcoming schedule is not easy. The Angels have to put there now, and they got to do it with guys out. And to get into to July and August, things do calm down a bit. If they got four at the, at the Rangers, they got four with the Blue Jays, who are just above 500 a little bit. They got some, some against the Astros, but the Tigers again, the Orioles again. I mean, they, they have they have some room in August and in September, but but they have to hold it down in the meantime and at least play these. These tough teams got to play them well. Okay, you got to play them tough. All right, folks, it's time for us to go. If you have any comments, critiques, emails, talking hills, gmail, you can follow me on Twitter at DC Apollo. Glad to be back. We're off for a few days as we're getting our schedules set, set for the summer. I'll be back again soon. Again, follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. And don't forget to subscribe anywhere podcast can be found. Have a great one, and we are out of here. Mm-hmm.